I want to introduce, with my pizza pizza in hand, Eli <laughs> Getz, photojournalist, playwright, advocate. Before I knew Gilly in person, I knew him online. And for most people, that would not be a compliment. But in his case, he was one of the few voices that I saw about Israel-Palestine, which I said, this guy has a heart, and he's using it. So he very kindly, at the last second, because of what's going on this week, agreed to come talk a little bit about his advocacy, his experience, the kind of grief that we're all experiencing right now, and also when... Finally, the hostility to cease for a moment, the work that we might do. Thank you, Keely. Thank you, Rabbi. Woo! Thank you, everybody. This is my first in-person Shabbat service, so it's a really special uh, day. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Romamu uh, Brooklyn. Uh, first Romamu Brooklyn of any, it's a lot of firsts today. So uh, it's great to be here, and thank you so much. Uh, this is a really, really, really difficult time for uh, anybody who cares about Israel-Palestine. What's happening today is even worse than what's happening yesterday. We are experiencing horror on scope and scale we have not seen since 1948. We've seen violence and hate burning the country and disintegrating mixed Israeli-Jewish-Arab uh, cities. Uh, we are seeing violence and death in scope, in scale, in brutality. We haven't seen in a very, very long time. All of this has been simmering beneath the surface. Uh, many people have been warning that the status quo would not hold. When they say that, they mean this. They mean the horror that you see. If you didn't follow the news today, we have really, really bad and difficult uh, news. This is difficult for me personally. My mother uh, is uh, in a in an old building. She doesn't have what's called a mamad, a place to go when the missiles come and hit the homes. Uh, and uh, you know, it's it's an ongoing. Uh, I'm on ongoing texting with friends and family who are terrified uh, by the violence of many different kinds. The violence is not just uh, between Israelis and Palestinians. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, it, literally everywhere in the country. I'd like to say that for the last uh, uh, five years, since the last Gaza war, because of personal difficulty I had with my own father arguing about uh, Israel-Palestine, the politics of it and, and such, I come from a political family. Political engagement on this issue has been something I grew up with, something I've been doing for my entire life uh, and because we had this difficulty in the last war I spent the last five years going into D Jewish communities uh, and opening uh, uh, up the Israel-Palestine conversation this conflict is not only killing people in Gaza and families who don't know if they're gonna make it through the night it's not only uh, 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 killing uh, Israelis with uh, uh, missiles this conflict, when it comes to the Jewish Amer American Jewish community, can create real damage to communal life and to family life. That fact created a culture. I I'm Israeli. I didn't know this. I learned this in the last few years doing this stuff. This culture, this uh, uh, type of conversation, 
in the American Jewish community created a feature in our culture where we do not talk about Israel. We do not talk about Israel because it is a destructive conversation to communal and family life. That is something as someone who cares deeply about Israel and like to cultivate deep bond and connection to Israel and Palestine it, it is hard to process. So I spent the last uh, uh, many years going to different Jewish spaces, Hillel's, uh, synagogues, uh, JCC's, uh, Limud's, any type of Jewish space and uh, having people openly talk. Sometimes after many years, they didn't about Israel, Palestine, how it plays in their lives, the conflicting, the, the inner conflict they have with it. Uh, 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 and and how uh, and what comes up for them, uh, and the last Gaza war was so difficult in this particular uh, issue that it silenced a lot of the conversation. So I like to start with that. Just hold that today. That when we talk about this topic, uh, it is extremely uh, uh, difficult for people. The way I deal with this difficulty, I am uh, I active on it. I'm I'm, uh, I'm an activist, uh, and I active with uh, a group called Combatants for Peace. Uh, this these are ex-combat uh, 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 the Palestinian side and the Israeli side who chose nonviolence, who chose to commit to nonviolence together, who chose to resist together despite different narratives, despite different experiences, who chose to fight for the freedom and dignity of all the people in this land together. Uh, after fighting, after killing each other, uh, uh, finding a way uh, uh, 16 years ago, it was a leap of faith meeting uh, where they didn't know if they're going to kill each other or what they're going to talk about. Uh, and, and this group has started. The one thing you might know about this group is the joint Israeli-Palestinian memorial ceremony that happens every year and attracts uh, 10,000 people uh, in Tel Aviv. Uh, we mourn the death of Israelis and Palestinians in this conflict. We mourn with families who lost uh, uh, their kids and their families uh, to this conflict, and we mourn together. And we mourn together uh, uh, to, make a, to make a point uh, on the most sacred day uh, to Israelis, on uh, Yom HaZikaron, when we mourn uh, uh, people who died. And we mourn uh, to show hope. This group uh, is, um, uh, uh, it, it is a radical proposition to both societies that we should fight together because the fate of both people is deeply connected and deeply intertwined. And that is uh, something that I spend my time uh, doing. This is very difficult work uh, because of obvious uh, reasons. Uh, Palestinians uh, do not in general think it's, uh, there's any reason to, to collaborate with Israelis, definitely not Israeli soldiers, and Israelis do not think it's okay to collaborate with Palestinians. And this is an activist group so they stand together, shoulder to shoulder, in instances in the Jordan Valley where uh, Palestinian families are being, uh, their homes demolished and evicted in the Jordan Valley, on the South Hebron Hills, uh, where the injustice is so obscene, uh, it, it's hard to, to stay, um, uh, uh, to, to, to not get uh, uh, enraged uh, uh, when you see it. So uh, I'd like to invite you today uh, on, on really a really, really difficult a day for Israelis and Palestinians, uh, many who don't know if they're going to make it uh, to the next day. Uh, the bombs, like the rabbi said, will stop in a few days, I believe, or in a few weeks. The bombings will stop and will go back to normal. And the question is, what do we do when we go back to normal? 
what do we do to advance the cause of peace, security for both people, uh, and uh, uh, a future uh, to a place and land so central uh, to who we are uh, as Jews? The Pew Research study came out, uh, a really big study of uh, the American Jewish community, and in it, it said, it found that the vast majority of American Jews, the vast majority, think that uh, caring for Israel is an important to their being Jewish, to their Jewishness, to their Judaism. The question is, what does caring mean? What does caring look like when we talk about uh, peace and dignity for both people, equality for both people, and not, uh, uh, as sometimes happens, uh, flattening over the uh, imbalance of power in this conflict. This is not a conflict between two equal sides. It's a conflict between a strong side and an oppressed side, between an occupying side and an occupied side. But the freedom and safety of both sides depends on them uh, uh, solving this together. And this is, I like to think, is our challenge from God. That's what I choose to believe, that this conflict this horror started at Jerusalem in Sheikh Jarrah when it was agitated for weeks and weeks uh, and it exploded uh, because underneath it uh, there's deep, deep inequality and deep, deep conflict. Uh, and um, I'd like to invite you today to maybe uh, say a few words uh, uh, about what you feel uh, at this moment uh, or, or ask a question. Uh, about uh, uh, this work of joint uh, uh, Israeli-Palestinian struggle. It's a modeling, it's a, it's a model, uh, but it is growing. It is attracting more people that believe that the struggle should be joint uh, because that's the only way uh, to be free and safe. So if anybody uh, would like to say something, please. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for this group that you're part of. And, you know, we're sitting here in Brooklyn, we care deeply. I think we're all, like, heartbroken about what's going on. So, like, what can we do? Uh, so, what we can do, what I believe. Now, again, everybody has different politics and different takes on it and different experiences on different fears from it. And all fears are, uh, what we can do is we can start a sustained in it, it, I gotta say that there is an infrastructure already in place it looks differently across the political spectrum but it exists and it's vibrant and the infrastructure is meant to pressure American lawmakers and American leaders and the Biden administration to lead on this issue to show American leadership to be an honest broker any other peace effort in the region did not work without sustained American pressure on both sides to, uh, uh, to advance in conversations, uh, uh, in negotiations uh, for peace. These conversations for peace will take a long time. This is not an overnight thing. But the main thing is that it moves forward, that a structure that will provide equality to both Israelis and Palestinians will be underway and negotiated. In the American Jewish community, we have a tendency to not uh, allow space for the Palestinian experience. We only allow space 
for the Jewish-Israeli experience because it's similar to our own experience in our own narrative. But the conflict happens between two narratives. And if we don't allow space for the Palestinian experience, its diversity, its richness, its history, and its struggle, we essentially are putting blinders on ourselves when we look at the conflict. And we've put the blinders, it's more likely people will walk away. When things get hard, and they will get hard, and they are hard, your impulse will be to walk away from this topic. That's the impulse of majority, especially young people. They walk away, it's too hard, it's too difficult. Uh, and they're always expected to take a side. And I say, let's take the side of peace and justice. And to take the side of peace and justice, meaning allowing Palestinian voices, allowing the Palestinian uh, experience space, even if it contradicts our own experience and narrative. Uh, that's the conflict. That's how we uh, uh, see it. That's how we feel it by engaging uh, with Palestinians. What I see, what we shouldn't be doing is what many uh, Jewish institutions are doing, which is just to echo the Israeli suffering, just to amplify that Israelis under threat. Because Israelis won't be safe if Palestinians are not free. So we have to talk about Palestinians being free and Israelis being safe all the time. There is no such thing as Israeli safe if Palestinian is not free. That doesn't exist. That's a story we got used to telling ourselves. But that's not how reality works. That's not how the struggle works. And that's what we should do. In every space that you hear, Israelis are threatened by Hamas rockets. But you don't hear about Palestinian homes being demolished, about them being denied access to water, to free movement, to basic human rights, to equality under the law, to the horror of the occupation. If you don't hear that, say that. Both, both are suffering. Both need to be addressed. One is not exist without the other. They both the people of the land have two separate narratives and two separate struggles. And in my view, these struggles are intertwined. And anybody who wants to separate them uh, uh, does not work for peace. Uh, that doesn't mean they, they, they're not, don't have good intentions, but that means they're not connected to the ground. My friend Dov Waxman wrote a book called uh, uh, um, Trouble in the Tribe. Uh, in it, he's an expert in the topic and he examines the American Jewish attitudes towards Israel. And his finding is the American Jewish uh, community developed an, a relationship with an imaginary Israel, an Israel that does not exist. Uh, we keep saying it's complicated, but when they say it's complicated, that means there are Palestinians who are not free on the land and they need to be free for Israelis to be safe. There is no other way. There is no military solution. Uh, it just, just doesn't exist. And Israelis themselves are starting to know that. The most right-wing government in Israel that was uh, uh, in power for the last few years, most right-wing in its history, didn't do what it said to do, where it will destroy Hamas. It will show them, uh, it will teach them by force. That did not happen because that's impossible, uh, because that's not how peace works. That's not how human being works. So I'd say, on the first hand, just introduce the idea that there's other people there who are oppressed and it's our business to, uh, and the American Jewish community has a role to play in that, uh, 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 in that uh, uh, conflict 
American Jewish community has played a major role in Israel altogether throughout history. And we have a role to play in freeing the Palestinian people as well. That's on us as well. We have an important role. So when, when it comes to advocacy in Washington, uh, it, you know, it used to be that APAC was a, uh, the only game in town until 10 years ago. 10 years ago, pro-Israel uh, uh, pro left, uh, created J Street, uh, and you can advocate uh, 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 through, uh, through that. Uh, uh, the difference between APAC and J Street is APAC is uh, essentially, uh, uh, essentially uh, 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 relying on the Israelis to say when and what and where. And we're saying the, um, that America has to be an honest broker. America has to lead. America has to negotiate between two, two sides, gain both of their trust and lead forward and not just let the Israelis decide when and where and if we negotiate uh, uh, for a two-state solution. So there's advocacy in Washington, there's advocacy in the community itself to make people more aware of what's actually going there, which means the Palestinian narrative has to be introduced, not as an enemy, not as a, a source of threat, as always uh, is often uh, uh, it, it's, uh, but as a complex people struggling for the same thing we here in America want, for the same exact rights and for the same exact equality. So these are just few uh, things uh, you can do. I'll just mention the New Israel Fund is doing a great job at helping NGOs uh, human rights NGOs who are really struggling under this government, uh, uh, who speak for human rights and equality, not just with Palestinians, but all minorities in Israel. Uh, um, uh, and they're doing amazing work. Uh, so, you, you know, it, it depends on your particular uh, politics, but there is an infrastructure for you to plug into and, and help out. And together, we have a voice. And together, they listen. And when we pressure... Uh, uh, when I first came here from Israel, I didn't understand why my politics of kind of center-left, labor meritsy kind of thing, uh, 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 why is it so radical in America? Why here things are so normal in Israel? Not now, you know, the society moved to the right. Why is it so crazy? And I was taught that, you know, there's an 8% very loud right-wing ecosystem that uh, dominates the conversation. And when I sat in Congress with members of Congress, with, with, with uh, uh, senior senators in the most powerful body in the world, and they were convinced that to support Israel means you have to hold hawkish views, you know, it was shocked. I was shocked because that's not the, what the polling shows. So that's uh, a thing. But uh, there's other, anybody else like to uh, say something about this moment? Oh, please. Please. Um, last night I was watching a video that I got from my sister, Ronnie Sonsite. Um, I have a nephew and a niece who live in Jerusalem. Um, and it was a very disturbing video. Uh, it was beautiful and it was disturbing. I would love to have your comments on this because I know such things exist. 
more than they're being shown. Um, there was a very long table in the middle of the street. I believe it was in Gaza. And Jew and Arab were breaking bread together. Hundreds, like a hundred people were in the middle of the street breaking bread while the rioting was going, while the gunshots were going, while what I saw were uh, ultra-Orthodox Jews throwing stuff at both Jews and, and Muslims. Uh, and, you know, these people were breaking bread together and loving each other and, and praying together and being part of the solution. And yet, all around them was destruction. Uh, so my question to you, knowing that such things exist, more than they're being shown, what's the next thing to do? So there, there are no, no easy answers. And the reason there are no easy answers is because the structure, uh, the structure in the land is really imbalanced. One side, to some extent, decides what goes on and what doesn't go on. Uh, so there's an inside-outside approach. Inside, building joint Israeli, Palestinian, Palestinian Arab citizens of Israel. Uh, uh, there's a group called Standing Together. They're building a grassroots joint effort to create a political constituency for uh, Jews and Arabs, Palestinian Arabs, that are citizens in Israel, to join the, a, a grassroots that will give an answer to, uh, uh, to exactly what's happening right now. They will give a win, they will allow organizing that's joint organizing. Joint Israeli-Arab partnership. One of the reasons Bibi Netanyahu cannot be defeated is because Jews and Arabs in Israel do not have political partnership that's strong enough to sustain the, the, the way to divide them. One of the reasons Bibi uh, uh, was contributed to the, th the chaos you're seeing right now, because the government to replace him was about to be formed, but it relied on Jews and Arabs voting together. Jews and Arabs cannot vote together right now while they're killing each other. So the second thing to do is create a political partnership, a, a, an ability inside Israel, that's not including Palestine, inside Israel to work together. Because if Jews and Arabs cannot work together, the right will always be in power. The only way progressive and democratic forces can get into power is if Jews and Arabs are working together. The Israeli society is not there yet. They're working on it. Uh, uh, the Meretz party now has uh, Arab members of, of uh, parliament with uh, uh, Jewish uh, 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 members of parliament. So it's a joint party to some extent, even though it's more heavily uh, uh, Jewish. Arab politics is really evolved in the last few months uh, with Israeli society for the first time. The Israeli society for the first time in prime time had Arabs speaking about Arab experience. Think about that. For the first time in the last few months, Arab journalists are speaking about Arab experience, Palestinian experience. Uh, uh, it, 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 tomorrow there will be the Nakba. 
the Nakba is where the Palestinians uh, uh, commemorate the disaster, their loss. That is something that is, is a taboo in Israel, to talk about the Nakba, and in our community, to talk about the Nakba, to talk about their experience uh, uh, of the war, uh, of the refugees that are not allowed to return. So these are new things the Israeli society is learning to process because it needs to. Because if Arabs and Palestinians are not free, Israelis will live under autocracy. More and more people understand this, that the only way for freedom is together. Together takes time. Together takes a culture. Together takes a narrative. Together takes a story. These stories do not exist yet. It, it, people are working on them. Uh, people are developing them. You see the change in the culture. You see the change in conversation. Uh, but, but it all takes time. And all of it took many steps uh, uh, backwards. So what we do is we support those on the land that are working for, uh, 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 for peace uh, uh, together, for advancing the cause of democracy and uh, the values that we share of equality, tzedek, uh, uh, and, and uh, uh, freedom and dignity for all the people in the land. Uh, and that's what uh, we here can do. Support them, take cues from them. Take cues from them. Uh, those who can work together have figured something out, right? They overcame something. They overcame a really, really deep, deep ingrained fear that's ingrained in Israelis and Palestinians because of layers and layers of trauma, layers and layers of hurt, layers and layers of pain, of historical dispossession, uh, the Holocaust, the Nakba, the wars, the killings, all leave a mark. We have to overcome that to work together, and that's our challenge. So we support those voices. We support those voices who say uh, uh, there is another way. We don't have to kill each other. And, you know, it's a long journey. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, uh, it, it's not the habit of people to work with the enemy in any conflict, let alone this. And that's the culture we have to cultivate uh, and support both here in, uh, uh, in Israel-Palestine. The relationship between the American Jewish community and the Palestinian diaspora is really bad. We do not get along. And at some point, we too have to find a way to overcome those uh, uh, difficulties because we both have a lot at stake at what's happening uh, uh, on the ground. We both have family and our identity is really connected. But this is a very long journey and there's no quick fixes. It's just gonna get probably harder uh, and harder. But the beauty of people on the ground doing this work, despite all this, there were many protests of uh, Jews and Arabs on the streets of Israel, uh, uh, rejecting what's happening, standing together. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing to see. And that's real and they can do it. And if they can do it, we can definitely uh, help out and do it ourselves, you know. So that's uh, uh, that's 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 real and it's happening. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yes. Just giving you some snacks. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> well, it's good because basically the battery's gonna run out on the computer. Great. Gilly, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rabbi. Thank you, pleasure. Thank you. Well, we should talk tomorrow. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. After this is uh, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Oh.
great like it's a great like high school president like running for high school president campaign. Like, really, <laughs> yes, really gets Gilly it. gets it. 